Hi there. Um, so we recorded this episode uh, about two weeks ago now, and unfortunately within the past week, we got the incredibly sad news about Chadwick Boseman's passing. This has been really hard, I know, for both myself and Matt, and uh, I'm sure it's been hard for you if you're a person who's interested in these movies or movies in general, because Chadwick was a incredible talent, and I'm sure that we're going to feel his loss across cinema for quite a while. So this week, we're just going to run with what we recorded prior to getting this news, and then when we do our episode on Infinity War, we'll have an opportunity to talk about this news in greater depth. But for now, here is our episode about Black Panther, which is a really good movie. And welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and existential dread. My name is Bob. My name is Matt. <laughs> and we are sultry and deep today. Yeah. Whoa. That's probably just a synthesizer. Yeah, you got your radio voice on, man. <laughs> I like it. Um, you have my shorts on. <laughs> I do. It's very hot, and I came here in pants like an idiot. <laughs> Not just that, but like black pants. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The only kind of pants I own. I'm shocked that you didn't wear corduroys. I wish I had corduroys. I used to have corduroys. The problem with the corduroys, I used to wear off part of the corduroy, and then you just look like an idiot. Yeah, talk about existential Yeah, angst. you know, zook, 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 and then eventually yeah. it just goes away and you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> so um, what's got you feeling uh, your your existence being questioned or challenged? Oh, I actually didn't want to talk about that on the podcast. Oh, okay, that's fine. We don't have to. <laughs> these aren't billable hours but that's fine <laughs> um uh i don't know i you know i i don't know if you've heard uh but the world is is rough right now mm-hmm. are you aware of that i am okay how's that going for you <laughs> yeah i you know what actually brought me uh a small morsel of happiness in all of this yeah was joe biden's speech I have not watched anything Dude, from the DNC. There were actually several good speeches. I believe it. No, I, I mean I've I've read I read highlights of um Obama Michelle Obama's speech. Michelle Obama's speech very good. Yeah, I've I yeah, I enjoyed the pieces that I read. I have um there is um there's probably a French word for this feeling of like it both heartens me and makes me extremely anxious to know that this is going on. That word is vulture. Is that a that's a word? Mm-hmm. What is and it means like both heartening and terrified and and car. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I am in moments of existential dread, uh, I have no recourse. <laughs> I was reading about this exercise the other day. Okay, that I thought we could do live on the air. Oh, I love it. Um, the idea is to uh, first you hold your breath and you see how long you can hold your breath. Not as long as I want to. Uh, I'm sure not. Uh, we're not actually going to do this. But you hold your <laughs> breath. And you see how long you can hold your breath. Um, and then after that, you hold your breath again. But this time, while you are holding your breath, uh, notice 
the uh, no, notice the feelings and thoughts that you are having okay. as though you were an outside observer. And kind of just like when, you're, when your brain is like, you got to breathe, just think like, my brain is telling me I have to breathe. Um, when you start to feel like any kind of like discomfort or pain, you externalize, you all externalize of it. all of it. So okay. you kind of like, it's as though you were stepping back and watching yourself, but not dissociating. Sure. Um, I tried this the other day. The second time I held my breath for 35 more seconds. I thought you were going to say 35 minutes, <laughs> 35 minutes. <laughs> Harry Houdini levels. Um, yeah. That's really crazy. Yeah, 35 seconds is a lot. That's a lot. I was not looking. I was timing on my phone, and I wasn't looking at my phone while I was doing it. Right. And you it were just felt, totally internal, felt, but felt, external at the same time. It felt just as long, but when I looked down at my phone, I realized that like, That's it had crazy. been that much longer. How long was it total? Um, the second time was a minute and 37, I want to say, and I think the first time. No, 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 no. It was like a minute 20, 25. So about a minute and time. a half. Yeah, about a minute and a half. The first time was like under a minute. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, consistently, I think we are exposed to stories where people, your physical limits are actually much more limited by your mind than you realize. Yeah. Then this is, this is just a key example of that. Right. This is a quick example of that. But you yeah. know, there's all those examples, people pulling cars off of other people and stuff where it's just like, actually you could do this all the time, but you're, you're always thinking. We could all be Spider-Man. I didn't want to say it because I don't want to reveal stuff about myself and a lot's been going on and it, it's been hard lately because there's a lot of crime to fight. Um, um, I think, I think, that, yeah, certainly it's, it's interesting. It's also interesting too when you are looking at what your brain is saying to you, like for instance, at one point my brain literally was telling me like, Hey Matt, like what if you just never, you tried to breathe, but you just couldn't. <laughs> That's an incredibly cruel thing for your brain to say. I know. And I thought that. And because yeah. I was kind of stepped back, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, How dare my brain be this way? What a knob. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, but one thing that does relieve my existential angst is talking with you about video games. That's true. It's something we have. It is. Um, and on that note, let's talk about Marvel movies. Perfect. Matt, what did we watch? We watched 2018's Black Panther, directed by uh, Ryan Coogler of... Creed. Of Creed fame. Fruitvale Station. Fruitvale Station. I've actually not seen Fruitvale Station. I haven't Station. either. Maybe we should just watch that tonight instead of Infinity War. <laughs> I'm not going to pass up a Russo Brothers movie. <laughs> if it was next week and we were going to watch Ant-Man, yeah. I would definitely be like, yeah. What if we just don't watch the next day? <laughs> <laughs> we just watch Fruitvale Station <laughs> and act like it's an <laughs> origin <laughs> story. <laughs> we review for, for, I don't think we can do that. But we, we, uh, we review Fruitvale Station What instead of Ant-Man. Oh, wait. Does it not end well? It doesn't end well, no. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's based on a true story. It is not, it's a very sad story. Oh, is it's it's very upsetting. It is it is not as upsetting as Ant Man, but it is very upsetting. You, man. All right. <laughs> um. I mean, I I did not say that as a spoiler. I no, 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 no. I I don't feel spoiled. I yeah. just feel bummed. Like I I want to watch that movie, but I don't necessarily want to watch something that will crush me no, emotionally. So that's kind of a weird spot to be in. It's yeah. It definitely is. Um. <sighs> so this was directed by Ryan Coogler. Makes good who movies. We, who we, yeah. Creed is an incredible movie. Creed I is really fantastic. love Creed. I. In fact, we could just watch Creed. And oh, that that should be part of the Marvel. Honestly, universe. like, have you seen that dude's physique? Speaking of physiques, yeah, we will we will get to some physiques later. <laughs> um, so this was directed by Ryan Coogler. It was written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. 
Um, who's has he done other Marvel? Not work? other Marvel stuff. He was actually hired to write War Machine, which was a movie that they were thinking of making. Yeah, a roadie was going to get a movie. I just and got then, I, the audience could not see that I snapped to attention <laughs> upon hearing that. You were looking around as though for another friend. <laughs> uh, well, I, I want to raise this microphone up. Okay. Uh, No, I don't think shoes. Got something else. This one has shoes. Um, this is very imposing. <laughs> it's maybe a little too high, but so uh, yeah, R- Joe Robert Cole was hired to write the War Machine movie, but uh, they ended up not going with it. So I think he wrote like a spec or something like that. That's weird. Like, yeah, or like an outline that just they didn't run with. But then he came on board to co-write Black Panther, which is a pretty sweet deal because hey. There's some really good writing in this movie. You guys, uh, well, okay. I'd actually say that, like, as far as line, like, individual lines go, this has the high watermark of the Marvel movies as I've seen them. Yeah, probably. This is, uh, I mean, we can just, spoiler alert, we'd both seen this movie previously. Mm -hmm. First time I saw it, I thought, that was a pretty good movie. This time I saw it, I was like, that's a really good movie. Uh, Particularly because I had better context for a lot of the emotional beats. That's really why. But... This is a really good movie. Well, I think the key to this is like the first time we saw it, we, I remember having a conversation about this. We both said, that's a really good movie considering I feel like I didn't understand half of it. Well, I just don't know <laughs> Which is an why, accomplishment. Like, who is this dude? Yeah. I guess he's a king and I'm supposed his to be sympathetic died? to him? How did his dad die? <laughs> why? Why, is he, why is his dad dying well, not a full scene? The, yeah, kind of. Like, the issue yeah. is you're just like not clear on why exactly you are you sympathetic to this you don't know dude. that you missed it. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what you don't know. And they don't, they can't hint at like, how much you actually missed yeah um okay but we're gonna get to that yeah uh also want to drop one fun fact the cinematographer on this film was rachel morrison who was the first woman ever i believe in 2017 or 2018 to be nominated for an academy award in cinematography which is insane yeah i mean this is it's not a fun fact it is an upsetting (laughs) fact deeply disconcerting fact um Uh, but yeah Good for Rachel she Morrison, did well. and good on them for getting in a you know Academy Award nominated. This is a really good looking movie. Yeah, it is a good looking movie. Yeah, and it all looks real, except which for is, the rhinos. Uh, but I don't blame her. We're for gonna the rhinos. get to, we're gonna get to the rhinos. But like, this is a great looking movie, and given how totally insane large parts of it look, uh, it's remarkable how much I totally believe that it exists. And it, it especially because like, so the previous movie, the movie that she was nominated for was a movie called Mudbound. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And do you think that that is a movie that I assume has almost oh she no wasn't green nominated screen. for this? No, she wasn't nominated for this. Oh uh, okay, but it's still a good looking movie. It is. But to go to from a movie in which there is no green screen to a movie in which I presume there is an immense amount of green screen, it changes like that's the totally different calculus for a cinematographer. Yeah. I imagine. Um, but man, I would actually really like to read an interview with someone who talks about the difference between like shooting a film. And then shooting a green screen. Well, now they do that stuff with like the Mandalorian where they shoot it on not a green screen, but they actually shoot it in a dome of TVs, like of screens that they project the backgrounds onto. So everybody feels as though they are in the space. Well, and they can like shoot it normally. Interesting. It's actually really insane. You should, there was a really great article in Wired about how they shot the Mandalorian and it's like 
some of the most advanced stuff anybody's ever done. It's I'd crazy. much rather read yeah. that than watch the Mandalorian. I haven't watched The Mandalorian. <laughs> um, Everybody anyways, says it's great. Yeah, I guess. It apparently looks very cool. Yeah. Um, okay, we're way off the rails. Yeah, listen, and we haven't even begun. Let's, let's start recapping this. Okay, so the movie starts with a flashback um, told in dust. It's actually a real big flashback. Black sand. Sand, yes, you're right. It's not dust. Dust sounds pejorative. Sand is cool. That's it gets true. everywhere. And <laughs> so rough. Um, but this the sand actually doesn't look very rough. It's very smooth, and they yeah. use it to like kind of like animate the history of Wakanda. Yes. Um, and it tells us that thousands of years ago there were these five African tribes, and they like discovered this meteorite, and the meteorite contained a metal that was not native to Earth called vibranium uh, i want to put a pin in that i wonder have we haven't talked about vibranium like in all the the interstellar kind of like marvel stuff no one's talked about vibranium being anywhere else right it's not like star lord has a ship made of vibranium because vibranium is native to some place that, he's that been. may have happened but i don't remember it happening yeah it would be vibranium plays such a large role in this in this world, in this mar- universe. <laughs> Very good. In uh, this MCU. This, in this Marvel Cinematic Universe that we live in. Uh, so yeah, I'm curious to see whether that will come into play at some point. Anyway, these five tribes find the vibranium and uh, like, you know, they go to war because what does mankind do when they find something that's really valuable? They go to war over it. <laughs> um, however, like simultaneous to this the vibranium like somehow found its way like aspects of it found its way into some plant like an herb and i don't remember exactly how that happened what the science of that was osmosis let's just call it osmosis uh, yeah i don't i don't remember the specific it doesn't matter and like this one warrior consumed it and he gained these superpowers and he was the first black panther and he was able to unite four of the five tribes that and then they formed in the nation of wakanda those four tribes right and wakanda then is this Wakanda in total owns vibranium. Yes. They are the only ones who seem to really have like any vibranium or do they have all the vibranium? Well, Cap's shield is vibranium. Yeah. So they must have, so some of it must have gotten out at some point, but they have the, like, they have the, it seems like smugglers majority. and we'll get into that, but yeah. people have stolen vibranium from Wakanda. But as we'll say in just a second here, the thing that they do is they keep Wakanda totally secret. They use yes. vibranium to like, make Wakanda invisible to the outside world. And so everybody thinks that Wakanda is this deeply impoverished nation of like sheep farmers. Yes. I think it is specifically sheep. Uh, And that it's just like, I don't know the poorest place on earth though. Those people seem happy. (laughs) So, but, but there's always talked about like very pejoratively. (laughs) Yes. Like it is like they have like a seat at the UN, but barely maybe. Yeah, exactly. Because they are thin ice. (laughs) Because they are at the, um, at the accords. Uh, well, and yeah. we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but anyway, they advance drastically. Uh, their technology is way beyond anybody else on Earth. and They have magic metal. They have magic metal. Um, but they keep it a secret. <laughs> All right. You probably would. Yeah. La- last time you let anybody know, there was a pretty bad war that That's, took a yeah, super dude it's understandable. to solve. <laughs> like, you want to shut that down, I think. Um, anyway, thousands of years later, 1992, Oakland. West Coast rap plays. Yeah, this is a great cut, by the way. Oh, it's it so is just, good. It is just a sign that this movie is operating in a way that like Ant Man couldn't if it wanted to. Well, that's. I do feel like the funny thing about these movies is that within the first five minutes, you know, there there is just this element of like, oh, 
the people making this one are good. And it's usually a specific moment because again, this movie begins very much like all of these do with like exposition. It looks way cooler. It does look better because they thought like, what if we made it sand what instead if, of like silhouettes well, against like. And a, that plays into yeah. this. Th- there is a thing with sand later. So yes, there is sand in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it gets everywhere in this movie. Um, so anyway, we cut to 1992, Oakland. There's these like boys playing basketball. And then like we kind of like the camera moves up into this apartment. And we had these like two men in this apartment and they're discussing some sort of like, like gradually you realize that they're discussing like an arms deal of some sort. And, like heist arms deal. Heist thing. arms deal. It's like, it's definitely illegal, whatever is going on. Yeah. Um, and then like suddenly there's a knock at the door and these two women come in and some dude is like, like, like compares them to Grace Jones, which is exceptionally accurate. Um, timely timely yeah it's very 1992 <laughs> locates us perfectly <laughs> actually still like like probably like yeah. four years out from a view to a kill but you know. <laughs> that's true but um yeah these these two women like bearing spears come in and then uh and you're like, they are not from here no they are they, not from, they oakland, are not from in oakland in 1992 <laughs> uh, i don't know i wasn't there it's true i haven't been to oakland in 1992 um and in comes the T'Chaka, who is the king of Wakanda in 1992. Um, and we learn that one of these men is his brother, who was sent to America, in Oakland specifically, to, like, undercover, but I don't remember to what end. He is just, like, he is not, like, run away. He is supposed to be there. He is supposed to be there. And then at, at first, it seems like the guy he was planning this crime with is surprised by this and doesn't understand it's like, yeah, who's this strange man? Um, but then it's revealed that actually he is also from Wakanda. Yes. So They're it both turns out spies that, and they were oblivious to one another. Well, no, 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 no. The um the spy uh Zuri is the so there's the brother, the king, his brother, and Zuri. Zuri was sent to keep an eye on the king's brother, but has uh. this entire time been like working with him on these illegal activities. The king's brother has like eyes on trying to steal vibranium vibranium from Wakanda and, and black we, market deal and it. black market deal it we don't know why yet but it sounds bad it's definitely bad it sounds bad but he seems like a good guy so there's like this dissonance there where you're like this guy seems like genuine but he's doing something that seems really bad he's working with this dude named Ulysses Claw who we had previously met in Avengers Age of Ultron a man who literally has a claw literally has a claw and is a black market arms dealer um, his last name, though, importantly, is spelled <laughs> K-L-A-U-E, just so that it's not too on the nose. <laughs> um, but he's basically an Inspector Gadget villain. Um, so, yeah, you have T'Chaka, Zuri, and um, the brother of the king, T'Chaka's brother, and they're all in here. Um, T'Chaka accuses his brother of working with Ulysses Claw and stealing vibranium from Wakanda. The second man, Zuri, is revealed to be another undercover Wakandan um, who is totally unknown to the brother. And he says, like, he confirms all of this. So, like, the brother, feeling betrayed, tries to attack Zuri because he's like, you were my friend this whole time. We were planning all this together. And in that attack, T'Chaka has to intercede and in the process kills his brother. Yeah, he kills his own brother for being a traitor to Wakanda. It's extraordinarily Shakespearean. (laughs) It is maximum Shakespeare. (laughs) This whole movie does like all of this in a way that Thor Ragnarok could only hope to. We talked about that during the movie, but this movie is so many of the themes of Thor, but also just like the idea of a 
kind of patriarchal royal society yeah with space tools uh <laughs> yeah, just the, like the done fa- done better than the thor movies the failings of the sci-fi patriarchy yes. is really what it all comes down to and this movie is like it's already setting a great stage um so anyway that's the fl- that's a, our second flashback <laughs> um, <laughs> well slightly finally, less far back yeah finally we can come to the present day um, so the, we now know T'Chaka, the king, is dead. He died in that Vienna bombing that was at the Sokovia Accords in, in yeah. Civil War. In Yeah, in Captain America's Civil War. And that's the bombing that Bucky Barnes was blamed for, but mm-hmm. it wasn't actually Bucky Barnes, as astute and conscientious listeners will recall. Um, and also in that film, we were introduced to T'Chaka's son, T'Challa. And so now we are rejoining T'Challa as opposed to meeting him for the first time. And which T'Challa is, is, as is the Black Panther that we know as viewers of Civil War. Uh, that Black Panther is actually the son of T'Chaka. Yeah. And now we have a lot of context, having seen Civil War, for why he might... Heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? Because yes. his father has died. He had to put on the suit. He had to be the Black Panther. But... Is he worthy of being the Black Panther? We don't know yet, because he is not yet the king of Wakanda, which yes. is something that I had forgotten about when writing this <laughs> recap, but it's very important. Um, he is not yet the king of Wakanda, but um, because he is about to be named king, he needs to find his ex-girlfriend, who is on a spy mission, but they very much need her to be present to see him be coronated, is my understanding? That is a good question. It is. There's this scene. So Black Panther and um, and uh, Okoye, who is the leader of the uh, Dora Milaje, which are the Grace Jones, which are the Grace Jones like army, basically. Well, they're they're like Grace Jones guards for the king of Wakanda. Yeah. Like the what, what would that be called? Like is that centurions? Like in Rome? Like whoever you're? Yeah. Like the the they, guards they the are, around and, the yes. king in. You know, they're like the best guards. Who are trained to drop the shield and put the spears yeah. out so that you can like, yeah. They're, they're, they're the, the, yeah, like a they're the best. Guard. They're the best fighters. Yeah, and it's an all-woman mil- militia. Or yeah. not militia, that's not or the Whatever they Military are. regiment. Um, but uh, yeah, just like... They're badasses. Badass. They're just like pure, and, unadulterated badass. And Okoye is the the leader of them. Um, she's like the head of them. Yeah. And so, so uh, T'Challa and Okoye are traveling via a airship of i don't know what to call they're these spaceships I are mean, they sp- can they go into space they might be able to go they're like space. they're like between plane and spaceship <laughs> let's put it that vibranium way. plane they exist somewhere in the in-between um so they are on a trip to extract um to extract uh t'challa's ex nakia from her current like undercover mission yeah, she's like liberating women who are being trafficked. Human, okay, I was curious. It is a human trafficking. I think it's thing. like a human yeah. trafficking thing where there's like these militants who have stolen these women, and she's undercover playing with the long these, game. I, playing the I long game. I understand for key. the listener that this is incredibly confusing. Yeah. But okay, basically, this movie is good. <laughs> this movie is really good, but it is freaking complex. And so basically, here it is. It's going to get easier after this. It is. T'Challa. <laughs> is the Black Panther, though not the King of Wakanda. For some reason, which is unclear, he needs to bring his ex-girlfriend 
back to Wakanda for when he becomes king. And to be fair, if you're going to be coronated, don't you kind of want your ex-girlfriend? You definitely want your ex-girlfriend. I understand it now. (laughs) (laughs) So he and the head of this uh, all-female honor guard are in this plane. They're flying above this convoy that's trafficking women. They drop down on the convoy. There is a sweet action scene. Yeah. Black Panther, like, uh, like dispatches a bunch of dudes. Uh, Nakia also gets in there and dispatches some guys. And then there's this very key moment that I thought was really interesting thematically where Black Panther is about to take out the last of these like human traffickers when Nakia is like, no, not this one. He's young. He was just like drafted into this. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a nod towards like the complexities of actual real world politics <laughs> in, you know, countries in which human trafficking is a, yeah. a serious, serious issue in the ways in which like men are just, and young boys are just indoctrinated and conscripted. Yeah. Conscripted. Um, that was nice. Um, <laughs> it was anyway, nice. They, they recover her. <laughs> they recover Nakia. So now we can go do the coronation. So then they fly back to Wakanda, we get to see Wakanda because it's like Wakanda does look like this actually incredibly beautiful collection of rolling hills that for some reason everybody's like, it's so impoverished. But it's like this incredibly beautiful place. Yeah. Um, And then you pass through the force field. And you are in Space City 2000. Yeah. uh, And it's pretty cool looking. I don't don't know. I I can't pretend to know much about this, but I imagine that the word Afrofuturism applies here. I don't know enough to say, like, the only thing I know about Afrofuturism is Sun Ra, (laughs) and that is the beginning and end of my understanding of Afrofuturism as a, as a movement. (laughs) I, I, I want to, I'm hesitant to dig into it much deeper, but I, I like think that that, like, that this idea that there is, um, that you have this nation of, uh, African people and black people who are, who are thriving as opposed to, um, striving. Hmm. I feel like there's a difference between those words that I hope I get right um, is, is like key here. Uh, and it's like, it is a cinemat- cinematographically. Yes. It is like a really key moment in the movie because we have seen a lot of cityscapes and we've seen like a lot of like, especially in the, the, um, the interstellar kind of like, or like, you know, guardians, space opera, and stuff. guardians and Thor, we see like a lot of CGI skyscapes. This is the first time that it didn't look like, it didn't look like, I don't know, like a, like an eight-year-old came up with what it should look like. It looked like a real functioning place. So consistently, what I really am impressed by about the Wakanda design is that they show us people walking through little town squares and in, like, I don't know, different parts of the city. And there are people everywhere. And you have yeah. this sense for, like, this is a thriving place with a culture all of its own. And we used to talk about with Thor how you never see just civilians in Thor. Like, there's no concept of people live here who aren't Thor. Yeah. And this movie is so much better in that respect because you are constantly being exposed to the idea that there is this ambient culture happening. There are people for T'Challa to rule. There's a reason that he would want to be the king of this, that they need a king, that somebody needs to lead this place and protect it because it has this amazing culture that you're only experiencing in the background of scenes, but it feels real. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's so incredibly and like background, but it's so such foregrounded background. It's like the difference, like it's a real effort. Yeah, like the spaces feel, I know this is an overused term, but like lived in. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And that's kind of dirty. 
I can't. Yeah, like there's graffiti places, and like you can sit, <laughs> and we could sit here, and we could talk about like what are the laws reg- like governing graffiti in Wakanda. I mean, like, I'm not is- going to tag anything where the Black Panther lives, but up to you, man. And like, does does the Black Panther when he's got like nothing else to yeah. do? Yeah, <laughs> enforcing petty crime, or do they just have like this neighborhood you can do that in? I mean, probably. Yeah, um, it's it's. Man, it's just like it's rich. It has it depth. Is. It's it is really satisfying, cool. and it's very satisfying to see. It immediately draws you into the movie. Um, anyway, uh, Naki and T'Challa still definitely have energy, despite the fact that they are no longer together. We don't know why they broke up. Yeah, but that's okay. I don't think we ever learned that. They're they're like kind just, of on the outs, but they're still like super flirty. Yes, they they're, they're flirty, and it's clear that they are still friends. Yeah, and that, there, is there's probably, no that is probably that is probably why he wants her at the coronation is because she's like clearly friends with his family. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he might even say as much. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we meet uh, T'Challa's mother as well, uh, Ramonda, and his sister Shuri, who is clearly a genius. Oh, she's sister, and she, she's a great character. She's a great character. She is basically Q from the Bond films but like yes. amplified to the nth degree where Q always feels like kind of like a either like a reticent old man <laughs> or like a confused like young dude and she is just like exuberant and and excited. And she is excited by fun. science. Yes. Uh which is I feel like a more accurate representation of actual people who make cool things. Yes. Yeah. Uh and so yeah, his little it's like total little sister dynamic too. You know what I mean where it's like fun and they have a banter and she's always kind of picking on him. Oh, great great energy it's between great. the two of them. Great chemistry. Uh, the cast largely has great chemistry. Yes. Um okay, so we're going to play a quick game. Okay. Where in, I ask you, how old do you think Angela Bassett was when they made this film? Angela Bassett plays uh, T'Challa's mother. Yeah. Ramonda. I have... I know you don't have... You have kind of like face blindness with actors. So I'm going to say... You were the wrong person. I'm gonna, no, I, I can with. picture her though. I'm going to say uh, 62. She was 60. <laughs> but... I think she looks like she's in her early Oh, 40s. I mean, she looks incredible. I just guessed oh, high because up. I assumed that you were trying to trick me in some way. So uh, I was, was like, I might as well guess 80. She was she was 32. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was 60 when they filmed this. She was 62 now. I mean, she looks amazing. It's it's like actually astounding. When I, I was trying to figure out, I was like, Angela Bass has got to be like 40 at this point. <laughs> and then I looked it up. Well, but she also kind of has to be 62 to be his mom. Well, that's the thing. That's actually what gave me pause because we were watching the movie and I was like, but she's can't be. <laughs> Because <laughs> like, because like, I feel like Chadwick Boseman, who plays T'Challa, is clearly in his thirties at the very least. Like, I don't know about that. I feel he's like he, be. I feel like he's probably late twenties. Really? Yeah. Do we want to look this up? No. <laughs> is this the second game? No, I don't want to feel. All old. right. Well, we've got another one of these coming <laughs> later. Don't worry about it. Um. So, uh, anyway, we get to the coronation ceremony. Uh, the and uh, everybody's like gathered together. There's like coronation songs, and T'Challa's like ready to take on the the mantle of the Black Panther well, officially and the king of Wakanda. And like the way Wakanda works is that there are these four tribes, right? Mm-hmm. It's a might makes right society on some level, in that you go to this mountain waterfall with a pond. <laughs> it's it's actually it's very CGI. It is both the best and the worst. Well, it's actually really smart, I think, to put them in the water for this because yeah. the water feels really tactile. Yes, the despite water the, feels real. I assume the water is real. Kind of, yeah, it must yeah. be. 
the background's kind of fake. It is a very evocative, like, set. Yes, it's very um, cool. It also shows off, like, it definitely shows off the CGI, in a sense, more than the others do. Probably. But... So, th- they're on this, like, cliff face. And basically, to be crowned the king, and thus assume the mantle of ble- being the Black Panther, they strip you of your Black Panther powers. Mm-hmm. You are just a dude. <laughs> or I, I assume a woman? So I think That's that- not clear to me, but... I guess yeah, there's a potential. Let's hope. Um, but in any case, the other tribes have the opportunity to put forth a champion and challenge you to be the leader of Wakanda. But of course, the four tribes are not particularly interested in doing that. They've always been happy with like this lineage, it seems. Um, or at least, you know, they've been moderately happy. It uh, seems like, yeah, T'Chaka, we'll get into that. Yeah. It's it's complicated, but for the most part, a lot of the Wakandans are like, let's just keep things as they are. Um, but then all of a sudden, in comes uh, the a member of the fifth tribe, the Jabari, and it's Mbaku. Yeah. Um, and that's he's played by Winston Duke. This is actually my favorite performance in the movie. Oh, he's great. <laughs> he's very fun. Oh yeah, he and he's uh, like funny. He's funny and he's, also genuinely like threatening when yes, it's he's called terrifying. for. He, when he comes out like here, you're he's set up as like a villain in a way. The dude is huge. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant as a character, but also yes, he is physically imposing. Um, have you, and you saw us, right? He's the dad in us. Oh, that's 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 Mbaku. That's the same dude. That's the same dude. <laughs> He might have dropped weight for this it. This is this is my actor face blindness coming in. He has a beard. Yeah, he yeah he can do that. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> he can also grow beards. I'm just saying he might like, not be the Black Panther, but he can grow. Yeah, beard. Honestly, you put a beard and glasses on somebody, and I just totally like don't know. I Clark Kent works on Bob. Is what we're <laughs> learning here. <laughs> That's the same dude. That's amazing. He's also excellent in Us. He's my favorite part of. Oh, us. dude, he is fantastic. He's, he's an us. excellent comic actor. He is so um, funny. Anyway, he's uh, he's also very good in this, um, and he, he likes <laughs> we like him across the board. <laughs> he steps into this this ceremony. He's like, I want to challenge uh, T'Challa for the crown in ritual combat. Um, so they fight, and the outcome of this is that T'Challa wins. Um, but it's pretty close. Yeah, it's like a, it, you Mbaku get the sense up, that like yeah. T'Challa as an individual without the powers of the Black Panther is not an invincible person. Totally, he is he. It, it's a very satisfying lesson. Like this movie is very good at setting these things up. It's letting it's us know. It's a good movie. Yeah, he's letting us know that he is strong, but yeah, not invincible, as you said. Mbaku loses, but in, rather than killing him, uh, yeah, you're meant Ch- to kill your opponent. You're meant to kill your opponent, and T'Challa's like, if you just yield, I won't kill you. Just please yield. I don't want to kill you. Yeah. Um, like we have no beef with you, really. And Mbaku is like, okay, I yield. Um, also, we can't forget that Forrest Whitaker is there. He it's is true. an elder statesman, and his name is Zuri. So he is the uh, guy who is friends, who is fake friends yeah. with uh, T'Chaka, T'Challa's father's brother in Oakland. <laughs> in Oakland. In he's the other dude from Oakland. Yeah. So he's aware that T'Chaka killed his own brother. Yes. And That no one else knows this. Right. That's presumably. all like kind of under the table. Yeah, but um, he is aware, and he's now like this elder statesman who kind of oversees things. He was like, he was T'Chaka's right hand man. There's also, it's worth noting, like this friend 
of T'Challa, who seems like his best bro, but then they're kind of antagonistic. Who's yeah. like a leader from one of the other tribes, who's he's, like one of the sheep farmers. He's like with the sheep farmers. I kind of have like uh, omitted him until later because he doesn't become super important, but he's played by the dude in Get Out, just yeah, to bring is. it back to, yes. <laughs> to another Jordan Peele movie. Also, have you checked out Lovecraft Country? No, yeah. I want to watch it. I'm really curious about that. Yeah, I am too. I, uh, I read the book and... I'm very curious how they adapt it. The it, visuals in the trailer look insane. It looks fun. Yeah, it looks yeah. great. Um, so, uh, <laughs> there Forrest are so Whitaker. many characters. I like Forrest Whitaker. I He's love great. Forrest Whitaker. Wait, did, who doesn't like Forrest Whitaker? Did you ever see The Last King of Scotland? I'm just going to keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he plays Idi Amin in The Last King of Scotland. Man, that movie, that movie fucked me up. Uh, yeah, I bet it would. <laughs> it was very upsetting. Idi Amin is not a comic character, it no, turns out. No, no. Um, so, anyway... T'Challa wins, uh, and then he imbibes. He like has to then imbibe the flower again. Bury him his, in sand. They have to. Well, he has to imbibe the the herb again in order to. Uh, the Wikipedia entry keeps calling it the herb. That's <laughs> what it is. They call it, it is the an herb. herb. Do they really? Yeah. It's just something about saying herb. <laughs> it just it makes you think of a head shop. Yeah. yeah. No. This isn't herb like a term for like like a piece of shit like an asshole. Like, did you call someone an herb when you don't like them? No. I'm pretty sure that that's a thing. I don't think that's, that's true. That's a thing. Readers, <laughs> write us, won't you? <laughs> I think it, you Don't can, be an herb. Don't be... Yeah, I think that that's I a thing. I don't think that's a thing. I'm pretty sure it's a thing. Anyway, he imbibes the herb, and he goes on a trip where they bury him in sand. Because as you promised, the sand comes back. Right. And he... And, like, you... When you drink the thing that makes you the Black Panther, you go on a hallucinogenic vision quest where you meet people from your past and yeah. so he gets to meet t'chaka very cool sequence the implication though is that he's actually meeting he is like transcending to a different yes, plane whether or not it's real plane. or not kind of doesn't matter right yeah so he meets his dad and his dad is like way to go son now like the lineage can continue and nothing will change <laughs> that's I, that's not exactly what he says i kind of forget exactly what he says but i remember really enjoying the sequence when it happened it means beautiful looking yeah um, it's cool I, the, my favorite i love how t'challa like like comes out of the sand in the other plane, like wearing like this pristine white shirt, and the oh, sand just yeah. like falls oh, off of him. It, sick. It just doesn't touch, touch the shirt at all. It yeah. is just like this is the shirt that never gets dirty. Well, because you're in like this is vibranium. The, yeah, <laughs> ethereal realm. It's really neat. It is. Um, okay. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, uh, we then cut to London, where a man <laughs> with a better version of the weekend's hair. As I wrote in my notes, uh, speaks with these curators at a London gallery. And while you say a man, uh, despite his wearing glasses in this scene, I know who it is. And it's Michael B. Jordan, who I love. Uh, mainly, my love for Michael B. Jordan began with Friday Night Lights and only escalated as yeah. his career has progressed. I forgot he was in Friday oh, Night Lights. He's so good in Friday Night Lights, man. Yeah, later seasons though, right? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. once he goes to East. He's oh, so um, good. Anyways, watch Friday Night Lights. He was also on The Wire. Yeah. But, but like, you know what's funny is, like, I didn't realize who he was at that time. You know what I mean? When I watched The Wire. No, well, he's so young. He looks literally so different, like, as it goes along. Yeah. yeah. And he was wearing glasses in this. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, he's Michael B. Jordan is at this London, uh, this London He's at the National Museum. National Museum? Yeah. Is Is that what it's called? I can't remember. Something like that. He's at the the London Museum where they stole all the stuff from every culture around the world. Yeah. 
that one. <laughs> you know the one. Unlike the other museums. Well, uh, yeah. So he's looking at this piece of this Wakandan artifact, and he's like speaking with this curator, and then it turns out that this is actually a heist, and the curator and a bunch of other guards are like taken out whatsoever, uh, and we realize that Michael B. Jordan, who is actually... His name is Eric, we learn. Michael B. Jordan is uh, working with Ulysses Claw, the arms dealer that we heard mentioned in 1992 and also who was in Age, Age of, of Ultron. Ultron. Yeah. Uh, he's working with Ulysses Claw to steal this artifact. They make off with the artifact made of vibranium. Right. So there was this thing made out of, excuse me, vibranium. I, I think it's like a spearhead or something it's like, like that. It's like a hammer. I don't know. There's this vibranium thing, and the, the weird thing is that the curators didn't realize that it was this vibranium artifact. Is Thor's hammer made of vibranium? No. no. I don't think so. Okay, because that would, like, you know, because he's kind of interstellar, right? That's a, that's, I, I wanted to say, like, a totally academic, like, that's a great point. <laughs> uh, but I don't think it is. Okay. All right, it doesn't matter. Uh, but they get this vibranium. They get that vibranium. So yeah, it's like going to become increasingly hard to say that word as this podcast goes vibranium? on. Vibranium, 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 vibranium. Okay. Uh, so yeah, but basically, Ulysses Claw is stealing vibranium. It's what he loves to do. Yeah, and, and Michael B. Jordan is working with him for yes. reasons unknown, which we will learn. Although I mean, he makes very clear that like. He points out that, like, you stole all this shit. Yeah, he's saying that to the people who work yes, in the museum. The curator. So we know that, like, to one degree or another, he is also here because it is, like, kind of fucked up. Museums. Yep. Museums, colon, kind of fucked up. Yep, that's the subtitle of the movie. Anyway, in Wakanda, um, all our guys that we love in Wakanda, they hear about this, and they know that they need to go and reclaim the vibranium because it should not have been in that museum in the first place. And second of all, we definitely don't want Ulysses Claw getting it because Ulysses Claw is public enemy number one in um in wakanda well because he steals vibranium because and, that's and, like is this this is old deal is well, that he is he is the hamburglar of, <laughs> <laughs> i knew you'd like that <laughs> he, of like wakanda is like he's obsessed with vibranium and it's the one thing that he wants and beyond that like it's very important for wakanda not to have vibranium out in the world because their whole thing is that they keep the vibranium secret and it blows their cover yeah so they're like, we got to get a train to Busan. <laughs> hey, well done. Thank Were you. you sitting on that or did that just come to you? It just came to me. That's excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, they go to Busan, uh, South Korea. This is the second time that we've had a scene set in South Korea, right? South Korea. In the, in I was saying this while we were watching. Yeah, this. You meant me to South comment. Korea in these movies is like the somewhat neutral but also illicit yes. place of the 2010s. Is what I learned watching it, these movies. It's like it, there's this quality of like of like the way that like the 19th century, like the Victorian era, treated like the Far East. It's, it's totally. To, that. It's like it's like it's yeah. It's like this exotic place where anything could happen right and it's like there's criminal stuff but it's also first world yes and it's, it's so weird and it feels very like tokenizing in some way extremely it so. makes me kind of uncomfortable but they are consistently doing it in these marvel movies it's, it's, it's extremely tokenizing but it is also at the same time they like are very like this is a beautiful city we're <laughs> going to show it off and like i think that it is actively done is like so our strange. south korea audience will love this um i mean certainly Maybe I don't know. I'm sure these movies are big in South Korea. I I, think I don't these, know. I think these movies are literally big everywhere. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, good point. Okay, so our 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 team from Wakanda, which is like, uh, it's uh, T'Challa, uh, um, Nakia goes as well, 
and then uh okoye is yeah t'challa naki and okoye and then uh his sister is also involved but like via vr <laughs> yeah she she can participate because she can like take control of cars that she's not actually driving but we'll get to that in a second um so basically they're going there to an underground gambling den where they're intending to basically intercept this arms deal that is happening between claw and they don't know who but we learn very quickly who it is and who is it matt it is um the cia aka america as represented by the british man martin freeman (laughs) (laughs) Who, nonetheless, with his blonde hair, like and blue eyes, really does kind of like represent like the what we imagine every CIA agent looks like. He was American enough to be in Fargo. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Still don't. Something very off about his accent and all of this. There's something you know. I was talking with my coworker about uh, who was an actor. Ah. I was talking to him about the uh, American accents for Benedict Cumberbatch, Uh, and. And he was and he was explaining that his, his accent is terrible because he over enunciates everything. This this is you're and right. You know what's funny is if it's, you just talk like that, it sounds exactly like Doctor Strange. It's it's but he's not the only one. I think that like I think Martin Freeman does it too because they always sound vaguely sarcastic when they're speaking. It's just a little bit too much. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's this weird. It's and it's funny because once you start doing it, you realize that all those voices, if you move your voice in that way, you yeah. sound the same. Yeah. Oh wow, that's disturbing. Yeah, thanks to your actor friend. Thanks, Matt. He's, no problem. His name is also Matt. Oh, oh, fuck. Okay. Um, <laughs> in any case, there's yeah. competition in the Matt space. <laughs> this is unsettling. Uh, yeah. So, um, Ulysses Claw and Michael B. Jordan show up. Uh, they've stolen this artifact. Actually, Michael B. Jordan isn't there, is he? It's just Ulysses Claw. No, Michael B. Jordan is not there. So Ulysses Claw and Martin Freeman are like, let's do this exchange. Something goes wrong, and I don't remember what goes wrong in the gambling den. Basically, what happens is, like, Michael B. Jordan... No, sorry. Okay. There's Claw and Freeman. (laughs) Okay. So difficult. You got Gollum and Hobbit. Okay, here we go. The people of... (laughs) The people from Wakanda encounter Martin Freeman, and they're like, they all eye each other up and Martin Freeman interacts with them and it's kind of this thing where they're like we both know that we're here sort of for the same reason which is to get this but Martin Freeman is just like the U.S. doesn't care what you want to do we're just gonna do this because we're the U.S. because we're the U.S. Uh, and the people from Wakanda are like but like we are the Black Panther though (laughs) and then there is some sort of conflict I don't know how the conflict begins but then there is a fantastic action sequence that takes place with a lot of like single shots yeah there's like this long shot that they hide one of the cuts in very nicely they, they had several cuts but yeah. it is it always, it's always done elegantly there's nothing i hate more than an ugly cut during they do a great like, job hidden cut during, yeah uh, um but before we actually talk about any of this bob i have another game for you oh okay how tall do you think martin freeman is five three <laughs> no you don't <laughs> you don't think he's five three i'm gonna say he's five three you think he's five three? Same height as Prince. <laughs> he's five foot seven. Yeah. Does he seem five foot seven? He you? seems five three. <laughs> How tall do I seem to you? Four foot. <laughs> um, it's worth noting that Bob is six four? Six five. Six five. <laughs> yeah. So we are all five foot How three. How tall do Bob. I seem to you? <laughs> you just there's like there's just like uh, there's above me and there's below me. Great point. Um all right, that ends our second game. 
Okay. So anyway, a fight breaks out, but Claw gets away with the vibranium, and uh, T'Challa pursues him. Yeah, T'Challa runs after him. There's a car chase. There's various cars. There's a really cool car chase where yeah. the Black Panther is jumping on top of cars and they're going through tunnels and they're flipping around and going over bridges. Suri is remotely driving a car that has like that the Black Panther is riding on, and it's this crazy thing. It all concludes in the middle of the street, and T'Challa like pulls Claw out of a car. And is like ready to kill him in the streets of Busan. Yeah. Uh, and Martin Freeman's like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and they get in the car. And at this point, it's this weird thing where Martin Freeman thinks that <laughs> Claw is in custody of the U.S. government. Yeah. And the Wakandans are very aware that at any point they could snap Martin Freeman's neck. <laughs> Claw is like talking with Martin Freeman in this interrogation. And he's just like dropping the truth about Wakanda. And Martin Freeman's like, that's impossible. There's no way that they have that kind of advanced technology. We would know about it if they did. We're America. Right. Having Remember, this man just saw the Black Panther. This is one of the biggest fucking issues with this entire thing. It makes no sense. Makes this no dude sense. just saw T'Challa be the Black Panther, saw this robot car give I, chase. I overlook all of this easily to the point that I actually forget it until I am reminded. And then it's like, what does he think is going <laughs> yeah. on? If this is what our CIA is like, I am concerned Where? as an American. We just call him the CIA because the intelligence <laughs> seems to be missing. <laughs> um, Shut so, it down. <laughs> they uh, So, yeah, Martin Freeman is, um, is interviewing... Uh, is interviewing Claw, and Claw is just, like, spilling the beans about Wakanda, but Martin Freeman doesn't believe him, and all of a sudden, a fucking wall blows up. And in comes Michael B. Jordan, and he's like, Claw, my friend, I'm here to get you, but really, maybe the artifact. And he uh, rescues Claw while also, like, shooting up this, like, entire building. Martin Freeman, in the process, is shot while trying to uh, protect Nakia, who is T'Challa's girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, sorry, uh, I'm trying to put them together when they're not together, and that's very important. Yeah, it is. Um, so uh, he is like shot in the process. So instead of chasing after Michael B. Jordan and Claw, uh, T'Challa's like, we have to get back to Wakanda to save this hobbit's life. <laughs> <laughs> because the 48-hour plane ride to Wakanda... Well, they can put him in stasis. Oh, okay, right. Because they, they have magic... Because they've got the magic juice. Yeah, <laughs> they have the magic metal. I don't know. Um, in any case, uh, at the same time, T'Challa also notices that Michael B. Jordan is wearing this necklace, this like or token, like it's on, like a ring. Right? Yeah, is it a ring? I can't remember. Probably had like a Wakandan ring. This is something. Yeah, it's something. It's something that he recognizes as being uniquely Wakandan, and so he's like, "That's weird because that dude is not from Wakanda. I would know him. I literally know everybody in Wakanda. <laughs> I am a politician. This is my job." I've been out shaking a lot of hands, kissing a lot of babies, and none of those babies looked like that dude. I would none remember. of those babies were so ripped. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. No, no handsome babies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so they uh, fly. They fly uh, Martin Freeman back to Wakanda, where he can be healed by the vibranium. In Wakanda, Shuri heals Martin Freeman. Um, because she is also a a medical expert, um, she literally can do everything. Well, she's like help build these medical. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she she yeah. It's it's unclear. It's she's like, it's good like the at vibranium technology. does the surgery for them. Um, 
Vibranium AI must be very powerful. Meanwhile, T'Challa confronts Forrest Whitaker, who is, again, a reminder, that dude from 1992 who was friends with T'Challa's dad. Yeah. And he's like, I found this, I saw this guy. He had like this Wakandan slash thing. Yeah, you got this Wakandan stuff. Um, what's going on? Forrest Whitaker just immediately tells him everything. <laughs> just like folds. Like the guy has been waiting like, like 28 years for someone to ask him so he can just like, just like. Yeah. Um, the only reason he didn't tell somebody before is nobody asked. Yeah. Uh, and like explains the whole thing. He says that, um, he says like everything about how like uh, T'Challa's dad had a brother and how the brother was like trying to steal vibranium. But he reveals the reason why the brother was trying to steal the vibranium. And it was because he wanted to share Wakanda's technology with uh, specifically black people all around the world to help them overcome their oppressors. Yeah. That he felt as though like hoarding this technology was ethically wrong. Like a disservice to all of these people who are being disrespected and treated as though they are nothing. Yeah. When in fact, I mean, and like, it's a weird thing where it's like, everybody has worth, even if they don't have magic metal, obviously. Yes. But it's this like, we will exact vengeance for this treatment using vibranium. Yeah. It is a very interesting ethical argument. Oh, it's great. That becomes the backbone of the film. And it's so good. T'Challa is like, wow, I didn't know a lot about my dad. <laughs> I've um, never thought about it that way. <laughs> uh, so, um, it's also revealed that T'Chaka's brother, who was killed by T'Chaka in 1992, had a son named Eric. 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 You will remember that Eric is what Michael B. Jordan's character name is. <laughs> the part of the issue with these recaps is that everybody has at least two names. Yeah, because they have the actor name and yeah. the actual name. Um, but Michael this, B. Jordan is the son. Yes, he is the son of T'Chaka's brother. And thus is a like prince potential heir to the throne potential heir to the throne worse worse potentially he is also a black ops soldier who <laughs> earned the nickname killmonger in like iraq and afghanistan because a, i'm assuming it's because he likes to kill it's because he's so murderous and he represents this as we will learn by branding himself with a dot for yeah. every person he has killed and we will see he has a lot of brands <laughs> yeah he's killed a few people um so, all right, meanwhile, in South Korea, Michael B. Jordan, Claw, and these others are going to, like, get out of there. But then I believe Michael B. Jordan indicates that he's not actually, like, planning on, like, he's just going to take the artifact and just, like, kind of, like, get out of there, right? And Claw gets angry. Yeah, I think that's it. There's this whole sequence where Michael B. Jordan, where Claw takes, like, Michael B. Jordan's, like, girlfriend who's kind of helping them out hostage and then... Michael B. Jordan just, like, shoots her because he doesn't actually care about her and then shoots Claw. I think it is meant to demonstrate the degree to which he has, he is like single minded in his focus. But it is a strange scene. I mean, so we can talk about this. I mean, this is going to be like a four hour long podcast. Let's so strap in. But like, there, the big issue with this movie is that they recognize that Killmonger's position is very sympathetic. Yes. Right? The idea of wanting to take this power and use it to uh, In- inheriting his father's ethical like his, his father's ideals yeah exactly and in arguments that's it's it's incredibly compelling very sympathetic and so they have this desperate need to make killmonger very evil and the first manifestation of this and also michael b jordan is charismatic yes uh, he's just a likable presence on film he's very good at delivering the lines even when 
I don't think he has great chemistry with some of these, some of the other actors. Uh, but I think that he's so good at delivering lines and delivering character. They that, need to make him evil, and yeah. so the first manifestation of this is that he kills his girlfriend yeah. because he doesn't actually care about her. Yeah, um, that's a very good point. That is the first manifestation of that. So then he betrays them. He kills everyone, including Claw, and he flies to Wakanda, and he brings with him Claw's body. And since Claw is like, as we noted, like Wakanda's like. Public number enemy one, number one. Yeah, number one most wanted. He's on there. What what is that show well, where they show the? I think it's called America's Most Wanted. America's Most Wanted. <laughs> um, Wakanda's Most Wanted. So, he's, well, he's the only person on Wakanda's Most Wanted. And beyond that, like I mean, to as a demonstration of that, literally, T'Challa's entire purpose in going to Busan was to kill or bring back Claw. Yes, to apprehend Claw. And not his just to friend, get, yeah. the sheep farmer, was like, "You kill that dude for me." Yeah. And T'Challa failed. And now Michael B. Jordan lands his plane near this sheep farmer dude, convenient, and goes like, I killed this dude, and immediately earns the respect of this guy who is disappointed in the fact that T'Challa said he was going to do something for Wakanda immediately upon becoming king and failed to do so. And so Michael B. Jordan, in this way, is the sort of king that certain members of Wakanda would want. And as a result, he's immediately granted audience with the four tribes who are represented by these, these statesmen. Um, so, uh, he's brought before these elders and he like reveals his Wakandan birth, that he has a right to the claim of the throne and he openly challenges T'Challa in combat. Well, and he says, yeah, he has the, the right to do so as, as the brother of T'Chaka's son. Yes. Or, or the son of T'Chaka's brother. Yeah. However you want to say it. <laughs> um, uh, the brother of T'Chaka's son would just be. Uh, yeah the son of the son of t'chaka (laughs) or the son of t'chaka um anyway we get back to the waterfall (laughs) exactly so Um, we go back to the ritual combat spot a lot of a lot like all of t'challa's friends and family are like this is stupid we're not really going to entertain this are we and but t'challa is like he has the right to do this. t'challa is honorable t'challa is honorable i gotta fight him and it's gonna be his great failing but also his greatest strength strength at the same time. This is this is truly a superhero movie. <laughs> so anyways, they get there, they strip T'Challa of the Black Panther abilities. And then they strip them both of their clothes. <laughs> yes, and you get to experience the... You thought that you Chadwick thought Boseman was, was yoked. Yes. <laughs> you mistakenly... And they literally do this in the movie by yes. having him take off oh, his dude. shirt first. You they know thought, exactly you what they were doing. You thought Chris Hemsworth was built. <laughs> like... Michael B. Jordan, they had they they had to kill him. Spoiler alert, because otherwise he would be like, "Why isn't this dude just ruling In, the universe?" It is it is like a triangle turned on its head. It, that, he's got that Dorito bod. <laughs> <laughs> um, his shoulders, man, powerful. It is it is yeah. It's an it's. I I know that we we like we like talk about Chris Hemsworth a lot in this movie, but or in this in this podcast, I'm mincing my words, um, mixing them up. Uh, but like there is, and we we talked a lot about um, Mboku as well as like in like his physicality. But there is something about the reveal of like the scarring that Michael B. Jordan has. Yeah, because he has these little dots all over these his body. These dots all over his body for each kill that he has. And just given the size of his body, it is it is immediately like in like we worry for T'Challa <laughs> you, because like You don't want to no. you do not feel like T'Challa. It is like it's like it's like maybe T'Challa, dude, can't you just like maybe be a 
goat farmers <laughs> <laughs> or like take like a statesman role like be forrest whitaker don't be king yeah like um, it's all good it is it is yeah it's like this is this is this is a villain he feels uh, he is going to kill the hero yes he, you you have no question when this begins you're like t'challa is gonna die yeah like it, and it might go slow or it might go fast but he's gonna die yeah. they fight it's kind of slow it's kind of fast T'Challa falls. And and then, importantly, Forrest Whitaker steps in to try and keep Michael B. Jordan from killing T'Challa because this is to the death, and everybody's freaking out because T'Challa has fallen and Michael B. Jordan's about to kill him. And instead, Michael B. Jordan stabs Forrest Whitaker. So Forrest Whitaker dies as well. He then is just like, you know, he's got nothing to lose. So Michael B. Jordan picks up T'Challa's, like, broken body and throws him over the cliff face. I remember watching this in the theater and thinking, like, I know he's not dead, but, but it feels like but he's he dead. feels dead. Yeah, like I was like, Jesus Christ, that is, that is yeah. rough. It is. It does the thing that do you remember in the Dark Knight Rises when Bane breaks yes. Batman yes. over his knee. It does the thing that that movie wants to do totally. and doesn't succeed in doing. In that this feels like a loss. Yes, this feels it in like it's in it's very incredible to my mind that a superhero movie is able to do that because the inherent nature of superhero movies is that we know that the hero is never actually dead Well, and I think that until they their contract runs out. Um, we know that they're not actually dead. They do a very good job of making you kind of feel like T'Challa's a little weak, mm-hmm. especially coming out of Civil War where he seems pretty unstoppable. In this movie, he really, up until this point, has just consistently kind of failed. Yeah. Right? Like, he almost loses to M'Baku. Then he fails to get claw he is like impulsive and almost just like kills claw in the street but then chooses not to and then, and then has claws stolen out from under, under his, him yeah. like he's just kind of, he's not like incompetent he's, but he's, he's not quite ruthless enough yeah he just doesn't have it. it and michael b jordan does not give a fuck he is <laughs> single-minded we've proven that he's single-minded and that like and so also at this point you're just like you don't dislike killmonger you dislike him because he killed that woman and for no other reason he seems legitimate there's there's a legitimacy to his throwing t'challa over the edge of the thing he's just playing by the rules yeah you were just like that's fair yeah he won Um, i don't like seeing that but that's fair he beat him yeah okay all right so we've got a lot to get through still (laughs) um he goes on the spirit trip. He drinks the Black Panther juice. Now, Killmonger also has the power of the Black Panther. When he wakes up, though, he demands that they incinerate all of the other herb that they are tending to, which means that they will no longer be able to make Black Panther juice and that, theoretically, Killmonger would be the last and only Black Panther. And it's another reminder of the fact that this guy is your villain. Do we see his trip? I think we do, but I honestly forget I what happens. Right either. I think he might. I, mean, I think he meets his dad, but... That could be. It's all dad issues. Um. So then Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger with the support of the Wakabi. Oh. Of, of Wakabi, who is the dude who is the goat herding um, warriors guy. Um, with Wakabi's support specifically, uh, they start to prepare to send shipments of Wakandan weapons to various oppressed black people across, like, the world. And that's, like, they're basically, he's just like, this is my first decree. He is actively going to do this. Yeah. He's like, this is... This is like, you know, the hill that I will die on. Um, it's his entire purpose. Uh, but importantly, oh, yeah. Also, uh, uh, Nakia, the spy slash ex for T'Challa, steals one of the herbs before all of As they were being up. burned, yeah. she was snuck in there, and so she stole one. Um, which means that 
there could be another Black Panther. Um, okay, so at this point, Nakia, Shuri, Ramonda, that's remember T'Challa's mother, yeah. and Martin Freeman all run to the mountains, to the mountain tribe. Who are the mountain tribe? The, the Jabari. Jabari. Who are the Jabari? They're M'Baku and his friends. He reveals in a delightful joke that they are vegetarians. Uh, <laughs> it's a very good joke. It's a very good joke. Um, I remember that landing in the theater. Oh, like, it crushes. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so good. So they show up and they're like, M'Baku, we need your help to like reclaim the throne. You're better than this dude. And you almost beat And you almost beat T'Challa. So, yeah, so, so let's like, do it. He reveals they have... T'Challa's comatose body that they found in a river. And because they are in the mountains and they have this ice, they have just buried him in, in snow and he's basically in a coma. I like the, the I didn't realize this until now, but like there's the snow and then there's the sand. It's uh-huh. a nice Oh like, yeah, little, it's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've got- The entire got, Jabari like area is sweet looking. Yes. It's so cool. It's it's just, it's beautiful, snowy, craggy. Yeah. Like you see like these, these like homes built into cantilevered. Yes. Yes, exactly. Crazy. Like, it, uh, just like platforms. Yeah. Just like, like his throne just like arches out over an abyss. It's awesome. It's very cool. Um, anyway, they find, they have T'Challa's comatose body. So they feed him the herb and T'Challa, uh, in his coma trips again. And he uh, meets his dad, but for a second time. And he would have words with his father. Um, he's not super happy because he's like, you had a brother? And you I had killed him? I had a cousin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it's causing me real problems. Yeah. We could have been friends. Yeah, it's messed up. Uh, uh, so he confronts his dad and his dad is, this is one of those moments where, if I remember this correctly, because I could be remembering this wrong, maybe I'm projecting onto it, but his dad does not be like, my bad, you're right. His dad is like, we did the best that we could, and T'Challa's like, that's not good enough. I, I kind of, I don't remember. It's something along those, uh, My this is how I choose to remember it. Okay. But it, like, it was a very satisfying, like, T'Challa realizes that something needs to change, because he recognizes that Killmonger is not wrong outright yes and he also i think recognizes like the flaw in his father's thinking yes whereas previously when he was here it was like totally deferential to his dad it's like now he's thinking like maybe i won't be my father yeah well wow this is this is breaking new grounds i mean honestly (laughs) though if you tell that story well it's still good no this is this is the truth of the matter um this is literally all these movies is i am not my father but at the (laughs) same time i mean they knew what they were doing yeah um they knew exactly to varying degrees uh so t'challa comes back um comes he, back to the land of the living yeah and now he has the power of the black panther and so he and the others like petition mbaku and the the jabari as a whole to help them fight killmonger but uh they refuse they're for, they're just not into it for the moment meanwhile in <laughs> wakanda killmonger is dispatching all of these jet planes filled with wakandan weapons said <clears throat> sending them all over the world um now the Royal Guard, yeah, the uh, Dora Grace Jones, Milaje. not into it. No, but they will serve whoever is the king of Wakanda. So they're kind of on board. They have to protect him. Whatever. He, meanwhile, interesting. Killmonger has also taken a different Black Panther suit. There are multiple Black Panther yes. suits, so he's basically an equivalent Black Panther at this point. Um, at this point, 
then T'Challa shows up, right? And, in his own Black Panther suit. Yeah, and then there's basically this sequence where there's like the ticking clock of the jets are taking off and they need to be destroyed. Martin Freeman does some of that because he's like an Air Force pilot. Oh, I forgot it is about that. Totally terrible. I hate it. It's totally weightless. Yeah. I don't like it. Michael, and then it, yeah. there is this large scale fight happening where on ground the dude who's a sheep farmer is leading his people against the Wakandan Milaje, people who the are Dora Milaje. Yeah, yeah. The Grace Jones the people. Grace Jones, yeah. Uh, and there's just, there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of fighting. It is all totally weightless. And suddenly yeah. the movie just like, for me really stalls out kind of tanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shuri has like these arm cannons that just like blow air at people really strongly. Um, Nakia just like I think just like is is one of those it's just like when we don't know what else to do we make them like gymnastically talented at fighting yeah. so that it looks cool it's just um, not what the movie has been good at to this point and it's like kind of all CGI it suddenly all of it feels CGI. very CGI yeah. there are these rhinoceri that oh look God. terrible there's no need to have them there they could have saved several million dollars they and just look like cut terrible them. And right. I'm sure that they're like part of the comics and people are really into them and like they love the rhinos and the rhino has a name and the rhino has a backstory and the rhino has kids, but I don't care. They look awful. Anyway, there is the lengthy fight. T'Challa goes up to Killmonger and he's like, you and me, we got the suits, we got to fight. Yeah. And meanwhile, like Wakabi and his goat um, army, they Wakabi stand is down. the guy who's a sheep farmer dude. Yes, he and his army stand down. Like everything is, like everyone succeeds at the thing that they are doing. Um, except for T'Challa and Michael B. Jordan aren't done yet. They fall into the vibranium mine, which we had seen previously, which is this, like this giant underground mine, which is like near where Shuri has her uh, her lab. And we had seen this previously because they showed these trains carrying vibranium, like traveling quickly. And we learned that vibranium is really unstable at times. And the way to keep it stable, I believe, is is using um, electromagnetic these like pulses. pulses of energy, like basically remove vibranium's power. Yeah. So there's this sequence that could be really cool, but instead just looks like a PS2 game. It looks like ass. It looks, it looks so, so bad. bad. I can't believe they didn't fix it I, on a Blu-ray release. It looks so bad. It's because Michael B. Jordan and T'Challa are fighting they're, and they're both Black Panthers. So And then every time that the like train fires up, they yeah. lose their suits lose power and so they're actually able to hurt one another. Yeah. It's it's a great conceit, except for the fact that they look like killer instinct characters when so they're not. It's it's it it's, should be awesome and it's yeah. just lame. Extremely But don't extremely worry, sad. it recovers immediately upon T'Challa stabbing Michael B. Jordan. He yeah, while the electromagnetic fields are active, he is able to get past Michael B. Jordan's suit and he stabs him with a dagger that I don't remember where the dagger came from. One of them had a dagger. It's probably a vibranium dagger. Almost certainly. Um, so Michael B. Jordan is like down and out. They stumble out to this cliff's edge and there's like this beautiful sunset. It's actually, it's one of the finest shots in the movie, I think. Well, and Michael B. Jordan tells us that his father used to tell him about Wakandan sunsets and oh. he never thought he would actually get to see it. But now he is able to see it in his last moments. And T'Challa is like, we can save you. Like we have vibranium, we'll save you. We'll, you know, it'll be fine. Like... And Michael B. Jordan's like, as Killmonger, Killmonger's like, no, no, I'd, he's like, I'd rather die free than live in Wakandan prison. And he gives this line, which is one of the best lines, it's just fucking incredible. He says, just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from ships because they knew death was better than bondage. Oof. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and I got delivered. chills right now, and it was. And you read it. Can you? Yeah, I know. Can you just? Can we take a break and then sub in Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, we can. I can, I can do that. Just bury me in the ocean 
with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew death was better than bondage. It's fucking incredible. The delivery is so good. And it is like within the character, it is this feeling of like a character coming like full arc. Um, they, they did the work. It feels and I, I have a lot of feelings about like elements of like the last third of that arc, but at the very last moment they lock in a keystone and it just feels right. And uh, with that, Michael B. Jordan's character yeah, dies. Luckily, Michael B. Jordan is still alive, but Killmonger, Killmonger, Killmonger is not. Uh, so then we cut to uh, so yeah, uh, T'Challa and company are uh, successful. We victorious. C- I think that like he and Naki have like a conversation where they flirt a bunch while they're walking around. Yeah, like they're it's clear that they're like probably into each other he wants to get back together but she's not so sure she's got like other things to do there's gonna be another black panther movie don't worry yeah this will continue the chemistry will continue um and then i don't i think that we then cut to oakland yeah we go back to oakland at some point here but it's modern day oakland yep present oakland and it's shuri and nakia with t'challa and they're back at the exact place that we saw in the initial 1992 flashback same basketball court where T'Chaka's T'Chaka's brother had been in the apartment complex yeah Uh, and basically he's like we're going to build an outreach center here I've bought this building where that murder occurred and I'm going to turn it into an outreach center that's going to help the community in some ways like in a less warlike capacity doing what Michael B. Jordan wanted to do Without, uh, without weapons being the export. Yes, exactly. And then we see him go in front of the UN, and he reveals in a in a similar to like the I am Iron Man type yeah. situation, but with a go- PowerPoint. <laughs> he's like, I am. Yeah, we, we we actually have all kinds of shit that you guys just think about. Yeah, we've cured cancer. Um, that's it. Like he tells, yeah, he demonstrates that Wakanda is actually awesome. Yeah. And everybody's like incredulous at first. And then they're like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they, Owen Wilson it up. We listen to a Kendrick song over the credits, which is kind of like a second rate Kendrick song yeah. for being honest. And it's got to save the good stuff. Uh, that's it. For his untitled, uh, albums where he just releases untitled pieces that are unfinished. <laughs> that's what he got to save the good stuff. It's for. funny. Cause I was, uh, having watched this and then I was like, oh, I'll listen to that. And then I listened to that. And then I just been listening to other Kendrick records and Oh my God, that untitled album is really that, good. That record's incredible. Yeah. I, all I, of the I Kendrick, mean, I was, I was joking, but all, I'm being serious. All <laughs> of the Kendrick records are incredible. That, yeah. Like it's easy. It's not easy to forget, but I feel like when pitchfork revealed, it was like, we got our 200 best records of the 2010s and they put to Pimp butterfly at number four. And I was like, well, I guess that there's a case to be made. No. What? What? <laughs> Greatest. Wait, was it because Dam was number one? No, no, no. Dam, oh. Dam is like fifty-seven, and Good Kid is like seventeen. Hmm. And uh, number good. one is Frank Ocean's Blonde. Which, hey, gang, number one thing I want actually people to write in about: Does anyone actually think that Frank Ocean is better than Kendrick Lamar on Earth? I can't. I don't think I've ever listened to Frank Ocean and known it. That's I've heard weird. him. I've heard, I've heard him like guest on songs. Yeah, well, but you you've also probably heard Frank Ocean songs, but like not known it. I don't think you heard, you probably heard the one where it's like a tornado going to my room. That one. Oh, maybe. Okay. Anyways, yeah, there's a Kendrick song in this. Well, he did. There's the, a whole the album. soundtrack. Yeah, but yeah. but for real, Frank Ocean is not better than Kendrick Lamar, and I I refuse. <laughs> I'm I I slap the table in indignation. 
So I know that that's one of the the great controversies of all time, but I want to bring up another lesser controversy. What do you think of the ethical dilemma here, which is fucking fantastic for a superhero movie, of uh, Killmonger versus like the Wakandan way of life? And obviously the gray area in between ends up being ideal, but I can't help but feel a little disappointed by T'Chaka being like, here is a cultural exchange center that I have built. Oh, I, I agree. But I think that like that obviously he's doing more than that because he's like revealing them to the UN, but then also going to have. So it's like we are going to go global with this. Yeah. and We are going to be the engine for change in the world, which is, I think, what Killmonger wants. But the, you know, the framing that the movie wants you to take away is that Killmonger's understanding of the world is one framed by violence, whereas T'Challa's is one framed by mercy. And so, and so... Mercy still seems strong, I would say, like... Well, because it's... T'Challa seems more like one framed by a handshake. And that seems... and That seems... Anything where Wakanda doesn't murder people, given what the rest of the world has done to Africa... (laughs) is merciful no i i would i agree with that perspective but like it seems it feels weak still to me nonetheless it, i it occurred to me while re-watching this movie i didn't feel this way the first time i watched it but it, it, like watching it the second time all i could think and this might just be michael b jordan's charisma but like is this feels weak like like watered down compared to and grant we don't know the full scope but the movies like i don't think that these movies are going to address the full scope unless if they do it at some point in a future movie where they're just like and this is how the world has changed for black people and people of color like as a result but like i doubt that they're going to do that and i mean has there ever been a time when this like that that idea of like maybe violence works is more resonant Maybe I, vi- you I know, mean certainly like violent, I am not violent, advocating for violent res- revolution it, it, personally. It kind of but, sounds as though you're doing that, which is an acceptable thing to advocate for. Ooh. The idea that that's happening on this podcast is a real shocker for me. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, you know, like I said, and I think that they consistently have to do this. They have to make Killmonger seem awful. Yes. Like he has to when he demands that they burn it's, all it's the, the flowers. It's the flaw. He has to like choke a woman to do it. And it's it, I also think that there's a lot to be unpacked about the idea that like all of Killmonger's actual violence that seems like unwarranted violence is like directed at women, which is also this weird That's thing. A very good point. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of actually really weird stuff there that kind of even feels if not out of character, it's kind of like it just feels like you're like, "Whoa, why is he doing this?" because it doesn't seem like necessarily connected to his aims, but it's there to signify that he is bad and because what he is saying is totally sympathetic. Like the issue though is that like the movie is like Killmonger is the movie says that Killmonger views things in this like very black or white context Um, that like, you know, that like we either arm people or we don't arm people. Right. But then the movie itself takes a similar binary of like Killmonger is bad. Like the movie one Killmonger doesn't allow for gray and the movie doesn't allow for. I I disagree with that because Killmonger convinces T'Challa that Wakanda being isolationist is a disservice but to the only, Earth. only through his fanaticism. That is true. That is true. I think that, like, and th- I think that we're in agreement that the issue is that kill- there's like the movie both wants us to, wants to like demonize Killmonger for being this uh, like on one side of a binary, 
but then like the movie also presents him as one side of a binary. Like, Definitely the movie the movie is forced to do that. And something that we talked about in the immediate aftermath of watching this movie, and we're just into like did we like this movie territory. Yeah. Did you like this movie? Yeah, I think this is a great movie. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Like, and I mean that as like I think that it is a great movie, like I, beyond just being a superhero movie. I don't think it's a perfect movie. No, by any it, means. it just it, it, the, oh, it the could third, be so much third, better. It's so third act has so many issues, but a lot of the problems. There are two problems with this movie. One is the third act fails in my mind, like on a like just like aesthetics yeah, way. It looks ugly. It just looks ugly. The second one is that I think that they don't do right by Killmonger. So, and what we this is what I was going to say is that in the immediate aftermath of watching this, I think we talked about how what this movie really needed was to end with Killmonger on the throne and not be forced into this situation where they're like, we have to kill Killmonger within the next 20 minutes. Yeah. So you need to like basically have in the entirety of Killmonger's arc be like, Killmonger shows up. He is somewhat sympathetic. He's very bad. Yes. And then you have to kill him. It And the problem is that if they had been able to give it more time where it's like maybe Killmonger ends, the movie ends, T'Challa is deposed, and then there is this like sequence where it's like, what is Wakanda under Killmonger? Maybe it's not actually totally hell. You know what I mean? Like that's and yes, and, and that's what you actually want. Yes, it becomes like actually politically interesting. Yeah, it's it's like a real it's a but, real question then. But they're they're forced into this because, and I assume we have not yet watched Infinity War. But the Black Panther is in Infinity War. The Black Panther in Infinity War can't be T'Challa and then also Killmonger somewhere. <laughs> Like, like it just, Oh, but man, can you imagine if like, I agree, you're right. This is the issue with it. And this is the first time that like the franchise nature of this has really kind of like, you really feel it. You really feel it. And it kind of like, doesn't ruin, but it, it, it takes a movie that could have been so much stronger and it lessens it. I think that there, there was a real, it's, it's a problem when you have these really late stage, uh, origin stories. Where, like, you know, Tony Stark's allowed to just, like, kind of end two in a pretty bad play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's okay. But, like, but now we're in this place where there's four of these coming out a year. Yeah, and everybody every, needs everything to be is just starring. so locked in. Because can you imagine, like, Black Panther, also, like, fuck them for not getting Black Panther out there earlier. But, like, can you imagine a Black Panther movie comes out, like fifth or sixth and then you get an entire like a medium like this is truly comic book there's an arc in which killmonger is the black panther oh totally no one knows what happened and everybody's like this killmonger guy like he's really good but like he's a little off (laughs) he's and he's definitely like bad like i want the avengers to have to interact with killmonger yes yes it's good (laughs) yeah and like the idea that they're like we're really we're I kind of see what you're saying, but also you're killing a lot of people. I, yeah, or they're like, we kind of missed T'Challa. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I yes, exactly. I want to see like that arc. And I, real, I realize that it, what we were advocating for is movies that are totally inscrutable for anybody who has. <laughs> well, that's not only just, hard to watch, but totally inscrutable. And this is the problem. And this And this is the problem with all these movies. And this is the problem with like, I feel like, I mean, and consider... That when I first saw this movie, I thought it was fine yeah. because I kind of didn't understand any emotional weight for, for T'Challa. But then even the bit of him that you get in Civil War is enough that you really are like grounded on like, okay, I see who this dude is. And I see that he wasn't really necessarily ready for this. And that explains why he is the dude he is. Yeah. It all makes a lot more sense. And, and so it already is kind of locked in and inscrutable, but they're unwilling to just like really pull the lever and be like no 
if you haven't been caught up, you are screwed. You yeah. are just totally out in the cold. It's very interesting that we have come so full circle that <laughs> we are kind of advocating for the more complicated and less accessible superhero movie. Well, okay, so here here is my question. Do we think that it is plausible to do the real vision of it if we exist in a world where movie theaters are dead post-COVID and everything's a TV show and we just go, every household on planet Earth pays Disney? <laughs> Can and they, it all they, just gets yeah. beamed into your eyes. I am very And then they do theatrical they, showings, but like yeah. because Disney Plus exists, everything is just accessible. They don't need to worry. They can do it for real. Yeah. But uh, then, but the problem is now it's like they can do it for real, but, like, but they've it, burned but still, a lot of the characters. The investment's the same, though. The, the, like the monetary investment is always going to be roughly equivalent, I think, regardless of whether you're streaming or you are putting it in theaters. So I think that. But it, Disney gets the money pure. exclusively because there's no middleman. And they I, get it from I mean, more people, and they get it monthly. This is a good question. I feel like I feel like we are entering that space. We are, and I feel it happening. Like I was saying something about this, and my wife was like, "You mean like Quibi?" <laughs> and I was like, "Good burn." I think I was there for that conversation. But yeah, because like this idea you, of like why is everything bound to the idea of, like this needs to be two hours, this needs to be one hour, all that stuff. I feel like the the great mistake that a lot of things have made is like I'm going to make all my sitcoms 45 minutes long on Netflix, and yeah. that was all ass. It's terrible. Yeah, I think the, you're referring specifically to Arrested Development. Yes, the pacing is garbage. It is very bad. Yeah. But let's say that you can put out full movies and treat them as TV shows and also movies at the same time. You're in this interesting space suddenly. Yeah, I agree. And I do think that like that would allow for, I mean, shocker, like, like I think as has been said millions of times, like TV is, is the writer's industry, right? And that is never more clear sometimes than watching these Marvel movies where all you can think is like, this movie doesn't need to be four hours. What it needs to be is like, it's like you need to, to there break. is probably yeah. enough in this show for six episodes of a show. Yeah. I mean, in this, in this, movie, in this movie rather for like a six episode series. And then, and that might like give you the space to do it all. Yeah. And then you could still have that lead into an Avengers. And you it's know what not, I mean? it's not because we're in here like being like, but they didn't include my favorite character. It's literally just because the characters that are there deserve yes. so much more because they, they are worthy. They did a good job. Like, Doctor Strange, does that need to be more than a movie? No. <laughs> that could have been a 20-minute QB episode. It could have just been that five-minute sequence where he's in the, the wormhole or whatever. Yes. like and But, like, this is this is a movie that has so much, has so much. I would have been perfectly happy if they had given this movie another half hour, honestly. And I feel like... The problem with this movie is that it, like it just concludes in an action sequence. I don't care about. Yes, yeah, so but yeah, but maybe we would care about it more if like there was more weight to everything, both emotionally and maybe in the CGI. It's hard to say. Either way, those this rhino, is a good. Those movie. rhinos are running on air. Um, <sighs> this is yes. a good movie. Yeah, this and is it a very could good be movie. a much better movie. And the idea that it could be much better than it already is is pretty shocking because it's already quite good. Yeah, and so that's. Deeply frustrating, but I'm very happy that this movie exists, and I'm very glad that it's very good, uh, because... And Ryan Coogler's doing Black Panther 2. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And didn't do Creed 2, and saw how that worked out. He's, he's signed for this, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. That that makes me happy. Um, man, the bummer is Michael B. Jordan won't be in it. And I like Michael B. Jordan so much that I watched a YouTube video once of Michael B. Jordan buying sneakers. <laughs> 
It was just like, we're going sneaker shopping. And I was just like, great. And he doesn't even like the kind of sneakers I like. And I was just like, this is fascinating. What do you think he eats like on a daily basis? Like seven whole chickens. <laughs> like the amount of protein that you need to be that built. I mean, obviously he's juicing. Like All these dudes are juicing. Yeah. There's no way that don't like. S- don't say that. Yeah. No, Chris Evans is, there's no, no way you have that don't, body don't, without don't juice. Say, don't say that. I'm just saying. I understand. But like they have to be eating. Have you ever seen The Rock's Diet? Yes. It's insane. It's insane. And it's all like raw protein, just like... <laughs> Until it's cheat day. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we could find online like an interview with Michael B. Jordan's trainer where he's just like, you wake up at 4 a.m., you eat one banana, you run 10 miles, then you come in and we just move ropes around for 45 minutes. Until you eat eight chickens. <laughs> yeah. All right, now it's time for the afternoon. It starts at 8 a.m. I read your emails to you out loud because your hands are too greasy from the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you, like, the amount of just, like, animal protein that those bodybuilder physiques require is unbelievable. And it's, and it's always, it always is, like, super unappetizing. Like, it's never, like, oh, there's some seasoning on this. It's always just, like, here is a raw chicken breast. Just, like, pale and white. (laughs) (laughs) Limp in this Tupperware. Yeah, and you're just, like, forced to shovel it into your mouth with your hands because you're too busy lifting. Yeah, 80 egg whites. (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. Slimy. And it's all just, like, lean. Like, there's nothing you would enjoy. Uh, like honestly, I want to know what Mbaku eats. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I want the Mbaku diet. <laughs> yeah, I'd buy that as, the cookbook. As a vegetarian, I need to know what that dude <laughs> ate to look like that. Oh, I love Winston Duke. Okay, uh, I think it's time to rank our favorite Winstons. Uh, also, um, we need our post-credit sequence. Well, oh yeah, uh, we just uh, Shuri makes a reference early on to like when they bring Martin Freeman in. She's like another white boy for me to take care of, and um, we're like, what does that mean? We're, we have to wait. Well, and see. I knew. Oh, you did? Yeah. I mean, I did too because I saw the movie. I was gonna like, say. Well, well, no, but I knew. I knew. Because uh, you see the one post-credit sequence, they bring Bucky Barnes to Wakanda. Oh, I don't remember that. That's a good point, though. All right. Anyway, anyway. Uh, post-credit sequence here, we see Bucky Barnes is in Wakanda. This is not <laughs> as a we surprise. Knew. <laughs> as we knew. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. It's Well, it's it's that he's in Wakanda and he's recovered, but he does not have his arm. No. Because he lost his arm at the yes. end of Civil War. Um, it is relatively like he does not banal have the God and hand. bland. He doesn't have the God hand. He's gene pre-God hand. It's kind of like bland... As far as post-credit sequence goes. I like it. I'm into it. It doesn't advance the, the larger narrative. It though. does because when he went to Wakanda, he was frozen. And so now we see that he actually has not just been frozen. So he thawed? I mean, but like, no, no, yeah. No, no, no. They, they took him there and they froze him. He, he let them freeze him. Yeah, but like, so like he's, he's thawed out, but like what's... It doesn't. It doesn't advance like the larger Thanos or Thanos. Sorry, Thanos. 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 <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> the larger Thanos... Uh, storyline which is like at oh, I, I following thor, following thor ragnarok if like i saw thor in november and i'm now like my ass is on the seat february 19th <laughs> 2018 i want to know is thanos in wakanda i i want to see that ship just like i just want like a hint at like the last like oh no millisecond see, i just want to see that ship just burst through some clouds <laughs> <laughs> and it's like fucking independence day i was kind of um, i was into this because i i like bucky you do like Bucky. i do i really like him and so I like that. I like that he's like 
I like that he's apparently now like healthy, better. <laughs> I love seeing my boy's healthy. I do. I'm like he's armless, but he's ready to rock, dude. Yeah, no, he's mental. He's mentally come yeah, through. Yeah, like he definitely yeah. seems like legitimately healed. Yeah, he's no longer and he's the kept winter the soldier, hair, which I love. That's some good hair. It is good hair. All right. Um, I think it's time to rank the hair in these movies. <laughs> All right. Matt, what is the current ranking? The current ranking is at number one, Captain America Civil War. At number two, Iron Man, the first Iron Man. At number three, Spider-Man Homecoming. At number four, Captain America Winter Soldier. At number five, Guardians of the Galaxy. At six, Avengers. At seven, Iron Man 3. At eight, Avengers Age of Ultron. At nine, Doctor Strange. At ten, Thor the Dark World. At eleven, Captain America the First Avenger. At twelve, Iron Man 2. At thirteen, Thor Ragnarok. At fourteen, Thor. At fifteen, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. At sixteen, Ant-Man. And at number 23, we have The Incredible Hulk. All right. This is one of those movies that is making me reconsider how I feel about prior movies. Which one? I actually feel like I enjoy Spider-Man Homecoming more than Iron Man, the first Iron Man, and think that maybe it's also the better movie. But Oh, I don't agree. I know you don't. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you on it. Well, okay, where do you think that Black Panther belongs on this list? Oh, you're going to make me do it first. I'm, I am going to make you do it first. <sighs> okay, so this is the complicated thing. I think that I think I I know that you disagree. I think Spider-Man Homecoming is a better movie, but I think Iron Man the first Iron Man is not a better movie. So I think it is both Oh, I see what it is. I did. think it is number 3, but like there's a rearrangement. I think regardless this movie is number 3. The question to me is just like and I'm not going to die on this hill. I think it's number 3 after Iron Man the first Iron Man. I agree that this movie is Okay, I mean, if you're just going to... Actually, you know what? I could fucking go for two, because I kind of think this movie is better than Iron Man, the first Iron Man. <laughs> I kind of do, because it has... It, like, both movies have trouble with the third act, right? They both have... Okay, but the nice, the merciful thing about Iron Man is that that, that CGI sequence at the end is less lengthy. That's true. Um, that's that, a tough th- one. That's like it the also, weird thing. It also it stands on its own better, which is a... That's which is also a, a point in favor so like for objectively, me. I, I honestly think I like. I think I like Iron Man more because I was like kind of surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I was like, you knew it was like so much more of a known quantity to me that it's kind of harder for me to accurately rank it. And that's how I feel about Spider Man was that I was not expecting that movie to be particularly great, and it. I was. You really liked. I it. really liked it. See the yeah. okay. So for me, I would put Black Panther at three above Spider Man. I think that that's fair. But it, I under, if you want to make the case, I'll hear it out. No, I'm not that tied to it. I just wanted to like Spider Man. I want on the record. So weak, dude. He is very weak. But they they there's like shades of trying to give him something. They just stumble so hard. <laughs> it's like it's like they're going at a run, but then they trip and fall yeah, on their face. Don't care. Whereas like in Iron Man, it's just like the the villain just doesn't I, even doesn't even oh, leave the starting block. I disagree with that. I actually think his like his reasoning is good. In Iron Man, the first Ob- Iron Man? Obadiah Stain. <laughs> no, that's not his name. What's his name? That's a band. What, what's his name? What's his name? It's Obadiah something. Ob- Scrooge. Yeah, Obadiah Scrooge. Uh, uh, I don't know. that money for the weapons deals. So no, he, wa- he wants... He doesn't like that Tony Stark is, like, reformed. Yeah. Which I like. I like that. Oh, whatever. He's just the bad guy. It's the kind movie. of the same thing. 
So he is the Killmonger. They're all the Except Killmonger. that his, his justification is worse because he's just a white dude who wants to bomb people. Yeah. Um, he's not sympathetic. No, not at all. But I, I think that they're both better than Spider-Man's villain, despite what they do with Spider-Man's villain, which is good. Yeah. So I, I put this at three. No, I think that's fair. So um, write it down. All right. All right, Matt. Read us the new canonical order. All right. At number one, we have Captain America Civil War. At number two, we have Iron Man the First Iron Man. At number three, we have Black Panther. At number four, we have Spider-Man Homecoming. Five is Captain America Winter Soldier. Six is Guardians of the Galaxy. Seven is The Avengers. Eight is Iron Man 3. Nine is Avengers Age of Ultron. Ten is Doctor Strange. Eleven is Thor The Dark World. Twelve is Captain America The First Avenger. Thirteen is Iron Man 2. Fourteen is Thor Ragnarok. Fifteen is Thor. Vanilla Thor. <laughs> Sixteen is Guardians of the Galaxy Not Volume kinky 2. Thor. <laughs> I like Vanilla Thor. Um, Seventeen is Ant-Man. And at number 23, surprise, <laughs> it is The Incredible Hulk starring Edward Dorn. <laughs> <laughs> that is our list. Uh, I don't even want to talk about video games. I can't, dude. <laughs> this is a long one. But suffice it to say, Black Panther is a good movie. Yeah, it's a very good movie. And uh, I enjoy that movie. I Actually, it's like one of the few that I think, like, I would like to watch this again. And I've seen it twice now. Yeah, I, I am excited to revisit it again in the future. Um, and uh, I, moreover, <clears throat> I'm amped to see more Black Panther in Russo Brothers movies mm-hmm. because I think that they direct the action with him so much better and they like make him fight so cool. I just like enjoy watching those action sequences. Yeah. And I hope that the next Black Panther movie incorporates a little more of that. I do too. All right. All right. Um, one last game for you. Oh. How old do you think Robert Downey Jr. is? Oh, my God. And do you think that his age is the same as his height? (laughs) I'm going to say he's 57. That's not right. That's not right at all. (laughs) What is it? What is it? I have no idea. Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) We're going to look up the age. That's a stupid question. Um... (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. is is 55. Really? I'm close. He's 55. And he is 5 foot 6. Oh oh my god. That's so much closer than I thought I was going to be. He looks good too. Yeah. I think that he's probably actually more like 5 foot 4. I mean, you know, you got to pad it a little. 